The Jay Garvin Show, Home and Mortgage Talk, Saturdays at 8 a.m., Mondays and Tuesdays at 7 p.m., here on KRDO News Radio, 105.5 FM, 1240 a.m., and 92.5 FM. Now, here's your host, Jay Garvin. This segment is brought to you by Empire Title, Bill McAfee, your best of the best Colorado Springs gold winner. Hello, friends. Well, Jay Garvin's here, host of the Jay Garvin Show, and here we are right in the middle of July, the hot part of the summer. Hope you're having a great weekend, and if you're listening on Saturday, you're live in the studio with Matt and I, my producer, but if you're listening Monday or Tuesday evening, catching part or the rest of the show, we appreciate you tuning in. It's a little bit cooler in the evenings. I can be reached all the time. It doesn't matter whether I'm on the air right now or whether you're listening to a rebroadcast. You can reach me at 719-330-1457. My name is Jay, and I'm your friend. I'm the host of the Jay Garvin Show here, Home and Mortgage Talk, for seven years running, 300-plus shows. Every single week, Matt and I try to bring you something fresh. It works for me sometimes, but he's always on top of the sound effects. He's going to give us an interesting and unique one right there. It's the most fun portion of the show when I listen back after he puts in some of those toilet flushes or those bells ringing or the cars honking. But whatever it is, I hope it's entertaining enough for you to stay tuned because you really have to try hard to make mortgage and real estate fun. I'm not saying that just because I'm me. I'm saying that because you guys listen religiously to me, and I greatly appreciate that. If you don't have a chance to get to the phone, you can also go to ChurchillColorado.com. That's ChurchillColorado.com. Not only a host in the studio, but also I am the founder and branch manager of Garvin's Group at Churchill Mortgage. I started in mortgage back in 1998 when I was still moonlighting as a mortgage broker after I was out of uniform from flying my Blackhawk ambulance in the sky, search and rescue, Fort Carson, Fourth ID, but really we were 3rd ACR Armored Cavalry when I was there and had a great, great time, but now I fly a desk and I fly a microphone. I was sneezing here in the studio and I told Matt, I might be allergic to radio, and he said if that were the case, you'd be dead a long time ago. We love the studio here. We love you. Like I stated, not only am I a host, but I'm also a licensed loan originator. I like to come to you with good stories, good quips, good pieces of entertainment, but also experience. Matt and I don't teach any theory here in this studio at all. Every single thing that I teach you, I've tried to do successfully myself. Some things I've done well, some things I've done poorly, but all of them I will share with you. And today, interestingly enough, with a drum roll, Matt, we've got a show titled Demographics for Dummies. Now, I love this title, Demographics for Dummies. If any of you have listened to my show over three years or more, in January 28th of 2012, the last Saturday in January in 2012, we launched the radio show, and immediately it was off the premise, the muse, of my understanding, my intrigue, and my passion for demographics. I got introduced through Worldwide Group and Harry Dent. 
saw him speak several times, read all of his books from the Roaring 2000s. There's, there's so many that he successfully took demographics, generational economies, and supply and demand and mixed it and started to create a crystal ball forecasting the future. And he was right on so many occasions, I became intrigued. But this stuff can be complicated, so I said, Matt, let's do demographics for dummies. Let's get back to the basics of the entire foundation of my show, the entire foundation of my wife and I having a very, very successful portfolio of eight properties and how we sought to achieve maybe a million dollars in retirement and totally undershot by, even in today's dollars, have over $2.5 million in under-predicting the power of demographics. Now, I say demographics for dummies, and again, if you have any interest in starting a refinance or a purchase loan transaction, I want to be your lender. My team, we want to help you. We've got a perfect client experience at Garvin's Group of Churchill. We are the exclusive lender for Dave Ramsey. And if Dave Ramsey can trust us over the last 26 years, you totally can trust us as well. But I say that over and over and over because there's still radio listeners out there that know that I'm a radio show host, ask me kind questions, and then simply go down to their credit unions and stuff. That's how I keep the microphone hot is by doing mortgages. This is a pay for play radio time slot. Matt and I invest a lot of money and time, tens of thousands of dollars a year. So we want to keep it simple, fun, but also I want it to end in some business, keep my team busy. But I will focus on the education, and here today is why we've landed at Demographics for Dummies. Now, these demographics are one thing, but these dummy books are another. I mean, you've got computers for dummies. You've got mechanical fixes for dummies. Get this, boosting self esteem for dummies, emotional intelligence for dummies, life coaching for dummies, that's funny, anxiety and depression workbooks for dummies, neuro-linguistic programming for dummies. God, I can't even say that word. I'm not allowed to open that book. I have self-help for dummies, managing anxiety for dummies, a sale, closing a sale for dummies, body language for dummies. Look at this, Trump for dummies. <laughs> Oh, let's see, anti-depression for dummies, ethics for dummies, cognitive behavioral therapy for dummies, psychology, signing, plumbing, carpentry, blah, blah, the internet for dummies. So you get my point. This is demographics for dummies, and I'm going to put it in layman's terms. And the muse for this show is this. The number one question that I receive from you, the radio listener, which I encourage you to call and have the conversation, Jim appreciate you. A radio caller just said, hey, Jay, I'm going to buy some land up in Hartzell. Can you help me? And I did all the research, and I do that complimentary. And I said, Jim, if you ever do any first mortgages, I'd love to earn your business through my team. The same thing with you. I just want to educate you. And the number one question that you, the radio listeners, have been asking me is, Jay, when is the market going to correct? Five to one. That's the question I receive. First of all, I ask people, what do you mean by market? Do you mean the stock market, the overall financial bond mortgage-backed securities market? Do you mean the economic market indicators? But basically I say it is correcting, just not in the way that you think. And that's the muse of this entire show because even Jim, radio listener last week that I talked to and answer his question, he said, Jay, this economy can't keep going up forever. And I said, you're exactly right, but I know when and how it's going to go up. And I've 
successfully predicted it since 2012. Now, I don't have a crystal ball, but I do have over 400 publications that I've read, periodicals, right in front of me. One of Bob and Laura, radio listeners, on the beginning of June, brought me a book into my office, The History of America's Future, from 1584 all the way to 2069. Generations, the book that changes forever your view of our national legacy and our destiny. So I'm reading this 400-page book now, that actually 520, about demographics. And here is the basic gist. Don't go anywhere. I'm going to give you a crystal ball to look into the future. Specifically, I'm going to talk about the details from 2023 to 2033, how they compare, why we're going to get there, where the economy is going to be, who's going to drive it, and how you can benefit from it. So don't go anywhere. I'm going to be back after these important messages. Diving full in the deep end with Demographic for Dummies right after the break. And don't worry, I have this content on a podcast. And call me during the break at 719-330-1457. You know it's on your mind, your heart, to get your mortgage, transaction, refinance, or purchase started. 719-330-1457. I'll be back after the break. Come closer and listen to what Zoltar has to tell you. For I tell you it is true. The smallest good deed is better than the grandest intention. Take it from me, the great Zoltar. Intending shall get you nowhere, but doing, yes, that will bring you much, much reward. I used to like to walk the straight and narrow line. I used to think that everything was fine. The Jay Carvin Show, Home and Mortgage Talk, Saturdays at 8 a.m., Mondays and Tuesdays at 7 p.m., here on KRDO News Radio, 105.5 FM, 1240 a.m., and 92.5 FM. We're back with your home mortgage Jedi, Jay Garvins. This segment is brought to you by Arrow Moving and Storage and Patrick Giprich, your relocation consultant. sticking with me. I am Jay. I'm your host of the Jay Garvin Show right here. Got a lot of information. We're jumping into a radio show titled Demographics for Dummies. Back to the basics. How generational demographics, generational consumption, supply and demand economies is affecting our country, our economy, our state, the Pikes Peak region, and your family. But before we do that, I hear the knock on the door. Housekeeping. Man, I miss Chris Farley. I miss Tommy Boy. Still my wife and my favorite movie. You can see how twisted we are. I think it would be like Gone with the Wind or The Notebook or something. <laughs> no way, baby. We like cynical, physical comedy like Tommy Boy. But in housekeeping, my friend, it's just you and me now. And I've got an article here from the 5th of July, less than 10 days old. House prices... Still rising. This next week, I'm going to be on the air with Bill McAfee, Economic Update, and June sets a record, third month in a row, for the highest median price houses. Next week, I'm really going to be talking about this in the show next week that's going to be titled The Climb of Home Values. 
We're in Colorado. I thought that was cute, the climb. You don't know whether I'm going to say Pikes Peak or not. Bottom line is it's the climb of house prices. But $331,000. I'm going to talk next week about in 2011, houses were 178000 with the median price. Girlfriends and boyfriends. Let me tell you right now, that is an 85 percent increase in value and i'm telling you here we can literally reach forward between now and 2025 where we are going to have a double in value in less than 15 years you know your hundred and eighty thousand dollar homes are going to be three hundred and sixty thousand dollar homes but with this article it states that it uh, is a third record in a row last month's record came as no surprise since prices were trending higher april and may are the new june and july the real estate market starts early and earlier every year and that's primarily driven by the millennials and the new home buyers which i'm going to talk about here in demographics Another interesting article here, this one is from the 5th of July as well. This one I've been talking about, Matt, and I'm now seeing articles. Colorado business leaders are worried. The respondents to a CU survey are concerned that partisan politics could drag down the state and even our national economy. You think so? I mean, sure, I think it's okay when uh, a Republican and the governor and both chambers, Senate and House, are sweeping movements and laws, hopefully deregulation. You know, some of the things that the Republicans did during Bill Owens when they had full control of the governor's house and the chambers were our state Colorado Taxes used to be 5% across the board. They actually lowered it to 4.65. I mean, that was something they're doing. Now, the Governor Paulus and both chambers are giving us ridiculous, restrictive Second Amendment laws. In fact, another, I was just reading, another major gun manufacturer just exited California. We, of course, had Magpul that exited Colorado. You know, congratulations, let's... Let's limit the magazine size when Magpul, one of the largest manufacturers, is right here in our yard. And, and the governor didn't care. He just threw the jobs up to Wyoming. But they're going to start to care. When you start to give free kindergarten to everybody, let me know when you have the answer as to how we're going to pay that $175 million bill. After the general public voted resoundingly more than 60% to allow energy companies and fracking to be a major part of the growth of our state. Paula shut that down, and we are going to see some new adjustments in the state. And I'll go publicly here on the record the 13th of July 2019 that by 2025, Colorado's economy is not even in the top 10 anymore because... Liberal policies always, always, always drive people out of a given territory, city, county, state, or nation. Just look at South America. And people are not flooding out of United States to see how they can get into Brazil and all the other countries that are in peril down there. I'm not going to go into all of that. But uh, the bottom line is, is that's a very telling story. I've been predicting it. And the last part of housekeeping today, I'm going to get into more articles next week, but I want to get back on demographics for dummies. 
is that it's interesting because interest rates right now, my friend, are at their lowest point since January of 17. So your VA loans are easily at like 3.5, 3.6%, which is unbelievable. Your conventional loans with no cost, no point buy down, stuff like that are in the high threes to the very low fours. And understand your rate does not matter nearly as much as your term, but it is a good time when you've got value. I suggest you take a look at the Ramsey refinance which is something that you can take your amazing equity within the state of Colorado. You can eliminate all the rest of your unsecured debt. You can get a three- to six-month budget reserve for this recession that's looming, for the hard, the sparse times ahead of us. You also can then go ahead and jump paying your mortgage off faster by going from a 30- to a 15-year mortgage and still have a smaller outgoing budget payment every month on your bills than when you refinanced so you can do Dave Ramsey's Step 4 and save more money, more of your take-home income for retirement. So take advantage of these historically low interest rates again. I never thought we were going to go below 4%. Please understand, though, you can have, listen to this, you can have a 15-year mortgage at 6%, and you're still going to give less money to the bank if you had a 30-year mortgage at 3%. Because the term, the length of the mortgage, is so much more critical. Four or five times more critical than the interest rate. Because the interest rate can change your payment 50 bucks a month or maybe $15,000 over the life of the loan. A 30-year mortgage, as opposed to a 15-year mortgage, regardless of the interest rate, you are going to pay hundreds of thousands of dollars more to the bank. And people say, well, I would do 15-year mortgages, Jay, but I just can't afford them. No, you just choose to have too big of a house, and you choose to have too little of a down payment to even afford or consider a 15-year mortgage by living within your means. But enough of that, I'm going to get off my soapbox and I'll jump right back into demographics for dummies. And what we're going to talk about here in the show is very, very simple. Number one, I'm going to share with you what is demographics. I'm going to simplify it for dummies, just like me. And then I'm going to talk about what does demographics in America have to do with the economy, with our supply and demand. And then lastly, what in the world does this specifically mean for you and your real estate or your rental situation, the lack of real estate position you're in and your retirement. So here's the gist of it, my friends. The first part, there's a premise that many, many demographic economists have laid out. I personally think Harry Dent is the most eloquent at doing it. And we basically have a theory, an economic theory. This is not a law. This is just one idea. You can take with it what you want. It's made me millions of dollars. And I was talking to Mike Hartwick, my mentor and friend today, and he had said something like, a man with experience never has to yield to a man with an argument because I've been in the real estate market. I had real estate before 2008, and I studied these demographics, and I sold all of my houses before 2008 not knowing what was around the next corner, and I thank God that I did. I rented during the Great Recession. As the owner of a mortgage company, I rented, and people laughed at me. But by 2013, 2012, they were not laughing anymore. When I started to buy houses, you can do the exact same thing. And here's the preface, my friends. Generational, competitive, supply and demand economies. I'm going to start with the greatest generation born from 1900 to 1925. 
There's 60 million of them. And then the silent generation, born from 1925 to 1945 after them, was larger, but just a small portion, 61 million larger. And they were a largely invisible or silent generation because they were in the shadows of all the heroes during World War II and the Great Depression before them. Then you have the baby boomers, born from 1946 to 1964, and that generation changed the world. 78 million of them. So you have a big generation with the great generation that fought World War II and were adults in the Great Depression. Then you have the silent generation that is larger but proportionally much smaller than previous generations. And then you have the baby boomers, which is huge. Then you have me, my generation from 1965 to 1980, that's exceptionally small and only 45 million people. So you see a trend here. Big generation, small generation, big generation, small generation. The generation to change all generations is the millennials. The millennials are actually bigger at 87 million members than even the baby boomers born from 1980 to approximately 2000, and we are the only, one of the only countries in the world, minus South America and India, that has a growing generation larger than the baby boomers. Japan doesn't have it. China doesn't have it. All of Europe doesn't have it. That's why all these immigrants are being welcomed into Europe, because they don't have anybody to work at the BMW factories. There's not enough new Germans being married because that's what socialism does. It makes living very expensive, benefits very high, and the, the need and the desire for children small. So when I come back, I'm going to describe to you how these generations, big generations, small generations, the greatest generation, the silent generation, the baby boomers, the Gen X, the millennials, and now the generation that's still being created, Gen Z, how we effectively relate to one another, how we identify with one another, and how economically you can predict in the future by not what any one individual does, but an entire generation and an entire mass of people. Don't go anywhere. I'm going to be right back jumping into demographics for dummies and how it affects us and our economy right after these messages. You're listening to The Jay Garvin Show right here on KRDO News Radio. The Jay Garvin Show, Home and Mortgage Talk, Saturdays at 8 a.m., Mondays and Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Here on KRDO News Radio, 105.5 FM, 1240 a.m., and 92.5 FM. We're back now. Here's Jay Garvin's. Hey, where's the beat? Well, thanks for sticking with me. I am Jay. You're listening to the Jay Garvin Show right here on Cardio News Radio. And Matt is keeping me on track. If you're listening to my voice for the very first time, I know typically you only listen for five to eight minutes till you go into Home Depot, till you get your next delivery route that you got to run, until you're out of your truck, until you're off to the soccer game and you're off to a dance class with your daughter. Whatever it is, I appreciate you spending time. Appreciate you spending time, and now I'm into the meat of the program of Demographics for Dummies. I want you to understand the foundation of how I've successfully led hundreds and hundreds of people through the real estate buying process with a timing that's perfect with the economy. I'm talking about the greatest generation, which was born between 1900 and 1925, followed by the silent generation born from 1925 to 1945, 
followed by the greatest generation in size and in economic power to date that the world had ever seen when they were born, the baby boomers, born from 1946 to 1964, to then the extremely invisible and silent Generation X, which mine is, born from 1965 to 1980, and then, of course, the new massive generation, the millennials, born from 1980 to 2000, and then finally my children, kids born after the millennial, Gen Z from 2001, and we're still building out that generation. I'm sure they'll close it off at like 2020. Now, the biggest key to understanding my approach to demographics is that you have to make one leap of faith. And the one leap of faith in this entire discussion and theory is that you agree with the premise that a majority, more than 65% of the economy of scale, productivity, consumption, happens with people aged 40 to 60 years old. And I know it's tough, but if you look at it, from 0 to 20, kids and people and teenagers are literally just trying to figure out their damn body. But in their 20s, they're starting to get things figured out. In their 30s, people are getting settled. Very, very rare. Mark Zuckerberg is a huge exception, or Bill Gates is a huge exception. Most people are still learning how to shave and fall in love and treat someone in their 30s, figuring out their careers, getting settled with kids, with relationships, with marriage. But in their 40s, people get productive. By 50s, where I am right now, you're a peak performer. Here's a reality. I can outthink 99% of the 40-year-olds that I talk to. But I can still outrun and outmaneuver and outwork all the 60-year-olds around me. Because by the time you get to your 60s, then you start getting tired. By your 70s, you start getting slow. By your 80s, you start getting done. And let's face it, by your 90s, you're just getting dead. Oh, no, he didn't. So a majority of society's productivity in business and in consumption with getting kids through college, getting kids through soccer, putting hundreds of thousands of miles on your car because you're an unpaid Uber driver everywhere. You're getting your kids to summer camps. You're buying, you're upgrading houses. You're buying furniture. You're buying fuel. You're buying groceries. You're buying vacations. You're buying second homes. You're buying, you're consuming, you're producing like a machine between 40 and 60 years old. And the biggest example I can give for you. It's hard for people that are millennials because they don't remember the 80s. They weren't born barely yet. But if you're a Gen Xer or above, you know how magical things were from like 1986 through 96 all the way through 2006. When we were going through the subprime houses on fire with value in 2001 and 2 and 3 and 4, what you had is you had the baby boomers screaming on all cylinders wanting to buy properties, wanting to spend, 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 shoving money in the stock market. The stock market basically increases by supply and demand. I watched my father do this. Born in 1936, just 10 years before the baby boomer, every single thing he invested in in the stock market increased because you had piles of money, volume, come into the market after him, and volume drives up prices. It's just a common economic law. All of his houses appreciated in value because there were more baby boomers that wanted them. All my dad's businesses competed and increased in value because their profits and their volumes were going up. The biggest thing here is from 1986 
Yeah, Ronald Reagan helped it, but he was lucky in the fact that he was in office. Bill Clinton rode all the way through. If you guys know, the last president to actually reduce the national debt was Bill Clinton. And he did it in the mid-90s. Why? Because you had so much money coming in from the baby boomers. Let's look at this. In 1986, that was the first year a baby boomer turned 40. By 1996, the exact years that the economy was the hottest, the first baby boomers were screaming through 50 years old. Remember? Your mind is as sharp as a tack. Your body is still in all the places and not sagging. But then all of a sudden, by 2003, 2004, things were so crazy, people are, when it's going to correct. And the one thing I never saw, and I was in the mortgage industry, which I'm ashamed of this, a good friend of mine, Billy Eberhardt, saw these signs and closed down his mortgage company in the early 2004s, 2007s, that time frame, is that they were giving money away for free, and that's a big red flag. Because we don't have that today. I'll go forward. The next recession is not going to include housing and a big bust of foreclosures and all of that. Because every single individual on earth in America today has earned the right to have their mortgage. There are no no income, no asset, stated loans, liar loans. None of that stuff is here. It's, it's gone forever. The only no money down mortgages at all is for vets, and that's only like 3% of the market. And that has a lower foreclosure rate than even conventional loans because of the demographic. But the bottom line is, is that the proof that the economy was so hot from 1986 to 2006, when the baby boomers were 40 to 60 years old, is the largest part of understanding this. So what in the world happened in 2006? I'll tell you simply in one statement what happened in 06. Reality set in. Baby boomers started to retire. They started to hoard their money for savings rather than spending and investing and consuming. And it didn't matter what the baby boomers were selling. There wasn't enough of me to buy it. We were 30 million consumers short. And how pathetic that none of the economists, none of the presidents, none of our leaders recognized this. One of the only people that recognized it was Gaylord and, and the Broadmoor, right here in our community. They built those brownstones 2000 to 2005 and sold them all, and they had the whole other plot of land on the other side by the roundabout to the northeast of where the convention center is now, where they're digging for the new convention center. They were going to originally have a phase two of brownstones there, but they stopped it in 06. They knew the economy was too high and the signals were bad. But do you know Bill Clinton or George W. Bush could have changed all of this by doing a responsible immigration rather than let, let these illegals pile across the border? Could you imagine? Because we were 30 million consumers short. That's like metropolitan New York, Miami, Chicago, and L.A. being removed from the face of our country and still having any economic chance. There was none. We were 30 million consumers short. That's why all the auto industry, Ford had trouble. General Motors went belly up. Chrysler went belly up. It's why United Airlines, American Airlines, Northwest Airlines, they were all converging because there weren't enough baby boomers traveling anymore and there wasn't enough of me to fill the aircraft. This goes and ripples across all industries. The only industries that were thriving were the trendsetters, people going into Internet. Microsoft was exploding. Facebook was starting to come into existence. Apple was getting momentum. But the bottom line is, is that if one of these presidents would have had a policy to say, you know what, we want to bring 
20 million people immigrated into the United States. If you went to one of our universities, that would be great. Each one of you, you need to have $250,000 in a bank account. You need to be business savvy. We'd like you to have at least two children. And you bring them through Ellis Island and you streamline their contracts and you're saying, well, that's not fair. Well, life isn't fair. Come on, who would you rather have as a citizen down the street from you? Someone climbing over a fence from our north or southern border or someone actually flying in from an airport with a business and a concept and an economic impact coming in. But that's neither here nor there. If you look at it, here's the reality, my friends. The first millennial was born in 1981. These dates vary a little bit, but don't get hung up on the small semantics. United States is the only country, first world country, in all of Europe and in Asia that's even growing. You have some countries down in South America around Brazil and that area. You have India that is absolutely exploding, second largest country in the world. Neither one of those regions of the world, India and South America for any large portion, wasn't even involved in World War II. But Europe has no demographic growth and replacement. There's less children of the baby boomers rather than more. It's pathetic in Japan. There's physically less humans on the island this year than last year. You know you're in trouble when your adult diapers outsell your baby diapers. Bam! Ha! It just depends on which way you look at it, right? Oh, no. Rah, 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 rah. China is pathetic. China actually abandoned their one-child law. You know, China has two million unwed males. They'll never, ever meet a female because if you only could have one child, people were adopting and aborting females. Another interesting law, why in the world does Gen X even go by the name Gen X? Generation X, if you look at it, is also called the 13ers because Gen X is physically the Roman numeral 10. We're the 10th generation from the Constitution and the 13th generation from the pilgrims and the founding of the colonies. So they call us 13ers as well. And the reason? Wade versus Roe. In 71, after World War II, you had a massive women's liberation movement, and women were going into the workforce more, which means less of them were having three or four children. Then after that, you have contraception. Then after that, you had Wade versus Roe. And there literally was just 30 million kids, for whatever reason, that were never born. But the millennials, you guys, this is huge. There is 80 Seven million of them. And if you think the baby boomers made a huge impact in the 50s upon their birth and then the 80s and the 90s when they were fully functional as adults, wait until I tell you the details of the millennials. Because the baby boomers had 18 million extra consumers from the generation before them. The millennials, who have 87 million members in their generation, are 40, 40, 40 million larger than us, the Gen Xers. So I don't care how many millennials want to buy a house from me. There's not enough of houses to buy. That's why values are going up. There's not as much land available. There's not as much jobs available. We've went from a really high unemployment rate to a massive underemployment, like 3 point something percent unemployment, because there's more millennials coming into their educational adulthood than even jobs can create right now, so companies have to grow. Our president is a genius bringing manufacturing back, bringing jobs back, pro-business is huge. So after the break, I'm going to sum all of this up in my final segment and my podcast summary of how specifically you can understand demographics for dummies and how specifically it'll apply to you 
in being productive in society, buying a house, and living and preparing for retirement. Call me at 719-330-1457 to learn more about this with a 30-minute consult with me or go to churchillcolorado.com. Back after these messages. The Jay Garvin Show, Home and Mortgage Talk, Saturdays at 8 a.m., Mondays and Tuesdays at 7 p.m., here on KRDO News Radio, 105.5 FM, 1240 a.m., and 92.5 FM. We're back with your home mortgage best friend, Jay Garvin's. We want to pump you up. Sticking with me, I am Jay. I'm in the middle of one of my most fun conversations of all time. At what it is, what helped me launch the radio show to begin with, and that is demographics. I've done demographics in America. I've done demographics revisited, and now I'm doing demographics for dummies. Making it very, very simple, my friends. And if you're listening right now to the podcast segment, you can reach me at seven one nine three three zero one four five seven. I can get you a full extended version of this entire podcast and show. It's 54 minutes long. This is just going to be nine minutes here. You also can go to churchillcolorado.com. Of course, if you're listening to the podcast, you've already found out how to go to KRDO, click on radio, pull down the schedule for the Jay Garvin Show. But Demographics for Dummies, in its summary, is understanding the simplified version of demographics, which I'm going to do here again for you in a second. What demographics does for supply and demand economies, and that one is new for this segment, and then lastly, what it means for you. So demographics is pretty easy. It's There's generations that are identified by age of birth and also characteristics. The baby boomers have the shared experience of the 60s, the decade of love, the whole hippie movement. Before that, you had the greatest generation, which experienced World War II and changed the world. The whole Dan Brokaw, the greatest generation, he kind of coined that one and drove that point home. And then today, the millennials, you know, the kids that can't pull up their pants, they're looking down at their iPhones and their mobile devices and trying to get them integrated into the world. All of these are stereotypical trends, but stereotypes comes with a thread of truth and reality. So the greatest generation I'm going to cover from 1900 all the way to 2000, a hundred year span, five and a half generations. The greatest generation was born from 1900 to 1925. Picture a bar chart, 60 million people high. Then you have the silent generation right after them, born from 1925 to 1945. They're just barely taller in the bar chart at 61 million. Then you have the baby boomers, the one generation we know exactly when they started, the boom after World War II, 1946 to 1964. That bar chart is 78 million. It's over 17 million consumers higher than the greatest in the silent generation. Then you have me, Ta-da. the Gen Xers, the 10th generation, born from 1965 to 1980, and there's only 45 million of us. That bar chart is almost half of what the baby boomers are. And then you have the infamous millennials. Most of 
you, the listeners, your children. These are the people that I want you to have call me immediately to buy real estate. Because if they don't get on board, they're going to be left at the train station. And I tell you, this train is a-leaving. Real estate will get proportionally unaffordable very fast in the next 7 to 10 years. And those millennials are born from 1980 to 2000, and their bar chart is the largest in the history of our nation, 87 million. And this is crazy, you guys. Matt, listen to this. This is before these idiots add in all of the 10 to 15 million illegal immigrants. Congratulations. Let's get some cheers here. You just added 10 more people, 10 million more people, to an already crowded generation. So all of my numbers are less because I'm, I don't know how many illegals are going to buy real estate, buy cars, consume, and produce. We don't know. There's no numbers on them. And now the president wants to find out in the uh, census, and they won't let him. But 87 million people, and now Gen Z, which is my children born from 2001 on, there's about 30 million and climbing. So the one thing that you have to assume is that generations, either their lag if they're a small generation, or their explosion and boom if they're a large generation, primarily comes during the years that that generation is 40 to 60 years old. I gave this demonstration earlier in the show, in the podcast, when I said, look at 1986 to 2006. That 20 years when the baby boomers, the last large generation that we saw go from the years of 40 to 60 years old, Everything exploded. I'm not going to go into all the companies that exploded like Microsoft and Apple and United Airlines and Boeing and the GE that exploded again during that time, all of those. But what I am going to tell you is the Great Recession happened because we were 30 million consumers short for my generation. Now, bada bada boom, the very first millennial, you guys, the very first millennial born in 1980 turns 40 next year. So the whole muse for this show, when people say, Jay, is the economy going to correct what's going to happen? I'm like, yes, just not in the direction that you think. Because the very first millennial turns 40 next year. Now, there may be a delay because they have more debt. Quite honestly, they're not jumping into relationships as much because they want to get their debt paid off. But there's still a leading edge, and there's 87 million of them. Germany doesn't have 87 million millennials. China certainly doesn't have 87 million millennials. Japan certainly doesn't have it, and on and on and on. Canada doesn't have it. Mexico doesn't have it. United States. The only reason people are coming from the South America is all these socialist countries are imploding and they think they have political asylum or whatever and they really just have economic asylum. And the bottom line is this. When these millennials turn 40, supply and demand is going to kick in. And we've seen it happen. Rent turned overnight. Now first-time home buyers, And it's skyrocketing the value of houses, the value of a job, the value of an airline. The value of an automobile manufacturer now, it's affecting all of the schools, the universities. And here's the last thing that I'm going to leave you with. It's all about economic statistics and actuaries. Because you can never predict what any 32-year-old is going to do as an individual. But I can tell you, the median age for the first-time homebuyer now in the United States is 32 years old. I'll tell you, the largest generation within the millennials from 1980 to 2000 is 1991 with 4.6 million consumers. So statistically, if the first-time homebuyer statistically is 32 and the largest generational year within the millennials is 1991, I can tell you 2023 is going to be one of the most hot statistical new homebuyer years. So you better get houses by 2023 if you want to sell them back to millennials that are buying them or to get there before the crunch and have affordability. 
So I'm just scratching the surface here. The biggest takeaways I want to share with you is just like you wish, there's going to be prosperity coming. You just have to take a piece of it. The house boom won't last forever. It's going to taper out by 2031. So you better get on the wagon now before the wagon leaves the station. And as I state at the end of every single show, go grow and prosper. Tell someone close to you that you love them because that's what I found in you, the radio listeners. Someone that I would love and serve every single day. And if you've not found your passion, your calling, and your purpose, pray to God right now that he would deliver it to you. Because that's what you've given me as a radio listener. Someone that I would serve, have a relationship with. So call me. Let me earn the right to help you with your next refinance or purchase transaction. 330-1457. Hopefully this has been helpful to you. Or go to ChurchillColorado.com. Put your information on the right-hand side of the page and click Send. And say, Jay, I want to sit down and get an action plan to buy a house. Jay, I think you should sit down with my son or daughter who's 28 years old and is ready to start buying and understanding the process. I'm there for you, but I don't know who you are unless you call. 719-330-1457. Have a great week. Appreciate you listening. Talk to me so you can see The proceeding was a paid program on KRDO News Radio. KRDO News Radio does not confirm nor deny the validity or accuracy of the information contained in this program. And the views expressed do not necessarily represent the views or opinions of the staff and management of KRDO News Radio. Right.